John chapter 21, verse 1 through 13. The Bible says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, also known as the Sea of, of Galilee and, uh, and, and, and other names as well. And he revealed himself in this way. The Bible says, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Gal in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Everybody says, I'm gone fishing. Come on. Going fishing. The Bible says, they, uh, they said to him, we'll go with you. Now there's such significance in those two phrases right there. They went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you not have any fish? And answered, and they answered him, no. You know that person that walks up and they just kind of state the obvious? It almost seems like they're just trying to rub it in. You know, it's like, don't you have any fish? No, you see, I don't have no fish, you know. But he was asking them this because there was a miracle that he was getting ready to do. The Bible says they answered him, no. He said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish that the disciple who Jesus loved therefore said to Peter. That the disciple who Jesus loved is referring to John, the disciple John. And Peter says, it is the Lord. So I'm going to stop right there. Jesus ends up cooking them a fish breakfast. And it's really dope thereafter. And so, uh, so just jumping in for the moment, uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. In fact, say that with me. Say, allow me to reintroduce myself. Yes. And you know, this is where I'm coming from today. I, I don't know about you guys. Maybe y'all will be real with me. I know I've been in this situation. I've been there countless times. You ever been talking to somebody? You're talking to them and, you know, you're continue they're, they're going on and they're going on. They could be talking about rocket science or they could be talking about how sweet a Julie Mango is. And the fact is they're talking and somehow, man, uh, my mind just always seems to drift. And I don't know if you've ever been in this place. Hopefully you're not. I'm not the only person that's going to be honest. But I wonder if you've ever been in one of those places and somebody's talking and they're doing that, and your mind just, and you think to yourself, like, yo, guy, if they ask me, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to be like, yeah. But in the back of my head, I'm like, dude, I have no clue what you're saying. Uh, anybody else ever been there? And you're just acting as you do. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. But you have no clue if you had to regurgitate or reiterate what it was that they said to you, uh, you would be struck. And we find here in the text, you're wondering, what does this have to do with anything? Well, I want to talk to you today about the fact that, uh, you know, today, you'll see in a moment, today we're celebrating Easter. And Easter, some of us think that it's about Cadbury's, eggs, and the, and the Easter bunny. But in actuality, it's all around the fact uh, that Jesus did the grand finale of his payment for our sins as mankind. And so Easter, Easter is around the resurrection of Christ. It's around our celebration of the fact that Jesus died and that he did not stay dead. That the same way 
that he declared that he would get up from the dead after three days in the tomb is the very thing that he did. And this is why we gathered. This is why we are Christians. This is why we celebrate. And in fact, you know, the amazing thing is, the amazing thing around this is that not only did Jesus celebrate, did Jesus rise from the dead, just as he said. But many people are skeptical because of this. They think, you know, this is not something that is believable. But what if I was to tell you, as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 lets us know, you should write this down. In fact, read the entire chapter. It lets us know that when Jesus rose up from the dead, that over 500 people saw him. He saw, he was seen by over 500 people, many of which were still alive when Paul wrote first the letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So Jesus was not just, he didn't just appear and just uh, secretly appear to a few people. He did appear to his disciples ten times before he left to go back to heaven. But he was seen by over 500 people. That's some good stuff. Somebody say 500 people. And it's important that the Bible records these things because there are many people who are skeptical towards these events. Many of them. And so it wasn't just 500 people that died and were no longer amongst them. But it were, there were many of them who were still alive at that time. Can I even tell you something else? The fact is that when Jesus died, the Bible says that people begun to rise from the dead. And the graves of people who had died, that they started opening up. And after his resurrection, it was so powerful. The, the, the resurrection of Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus was so catastrophic that it caused people to wake up from death. And many of them went and paraded in this, into Jerusalem. And so it's not just over 500 people that saw him, but there were also people who rose from the dead who also were resurrected and experienced that, uh, that, that, that powerful thing. And so you can read that and find that in Matthew chapter 27. Go ahead and, uh, and check that out for yourself. Read that chapter. But moving onward, moving onward. So he was seen by his disciples 10 times. But even though he was seen by his disciples ten times, and even though, you know, the resurrection as we now know it is confirmed by eyewitnesses and things of this nature, the fact of the matter is that when his disciples saw him, they didn't recognize him. The fact is that his disciples did not understand the power of the resurrection. They did not understand what Jesus meant when he declared that he was going to die and that after three days he would rise from dead. They did not understand. They were doing a lot of this. When Jesus was rising from the people from the dead, when Jesus was healing the sick, they were doing a lot of head nodding. They were doing a lot of acting as if they got it. But the fact is that they did not understand the magnanimity of his resurrection. They did not get it. This is why we find that Peter, look at this in uh, verse 3 of, of John chapter 21 says, he says, uh, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Somebody say, I'm going fishing. The reason why he says this is because after Jesus, Jesus found him when he was fishing. 
Can I just set this thing up this morning? Jesus found him when he was fishing. Jesus found him and called him to follow him while he was fishing. And because he did not understand about the resurrection, and because he did not understand about the crucifixion and what it was all about, this is why after Jesus died, he went back to doing what he was doing before. Come on, somebody stay with me this morning. And so at the end of the day, this is because he did not understand. He went back and he calls his brethren them. And he's like, yo fam, I'm going fishing. And they're like, yo, you say I'm going to roll you to me. And they say, we're going too. And so they end up going back and they are fishing. This is not just, oh, we need to go and eat. Come on. This is not just, oh, man's are marved and we need our belly filled. This is, yo, I need to, I'm going back fishing because I'm returning because I'm in a hopeless place. Come on. I wonder if there's anybody ever felt there. Because of what it is that I'm experiencing because I don't understand what's happening here. I'm going to revert or I'm going to rebel and go back to where it is that I came from. Uh, my, my, my. And so here, so here we, find, we find the disciples doing this because they did not understand. Man, they did not get the fact that their destiny was attached to the resurrection. They didn't understand that there was something past the cross of Christ. Man, I feel this preach right here. They didn't understand that there was something beyond a sealed tomb. It didn't matter how sealed the tomb was. It didn't matter how uh, grave the situation looked. Come on. It didn't matter. The end of the day, the fact was that there was something that was beyond the resurrection. They didn't know, they didn't realize that there was a church that was getting ready to start in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit would fall and miraculously they would speak in languages that they never learned before and out of that would grow up the church and it would spread like wildfire. Come on. And that lives would be changed and that thousands would be saved like as we see in Acts 2 and 3. And that blame people would be would be healed like in uh, like we see in Acts chapter 3 as well and chapter 4 and that thousands more would be saved. They didn't see that people would be cast in the shadow of Peter and they would be getting healed just by being in the shadow and the reason why is because they did not understand that we we're something beyond the tomb. I showed up to preach to somebody this morning uh, that does not understand that there's something beyond the tomb. I showed up this morning to tell you that Jesus is declaring through me to you today, allow me to reintroduce myself. If you stay with me just for a moment, I want to just submit a few reasons to you why it is that the disciples, why they didn't understand or where we see how they were set up for failure uh, in the pretext to the crucifixion of Christ. Can I just submit them to you? If it's okay, say, tell me. Because we think that the disciples just had it all together. Usually we think, oh, they just got it. They were, you know, Matthew, Jesus, he, just, he, and, he and Jesus were, were brethren. You know, like John, he called himself the dude that Jesus loved, in the beloved. You know, he referred to himself in all of that sort of a manner. You know, he was in the, he was in the inner inner, in the Peter, James, and John crew with Jesus. That was like his homies. And then they had the 12, and then there was the 70. And so we look at them and we say, oh, they must have known. They must have gotten it. But they still went back fishing when the cross happened. And that's evident to let us know that they did not get it. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. Point number one. Say number one. Sometimes we miss Jesus 
because of our misperception of him and his plan. Sometimes we miss Jesus because of our misperception of him and his plan. Notice the Bible says in John chapter 21, and this Jesus, re and uh, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples. Here is his reintroduction, a reintroduction where he's showing himself and he's showing up in a different manner. He's showing up with nails in his hand. Somebody say nails in his hand. He's showing up with nails in his feet and appeared a hole in his side from where he was pierced in his side because he actually died and he actually rose from death. Amen. Keep your finger in John in John chapter 21 and I want us to go to, uh, to Luke, the book of Luke. What did I say? Luke chapter 18 and we're going to find verse 31. It says, and taking the 12, speaking of Jesus, he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written about the Son of Man, referring to himself, uh, referring to himself, by the prophets will be accomplished. And the Bible says, for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit on. And the Bible says, after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Now look at what happens in verse 34. But they understood none of these things. You ever... You ever heard something in regards to Christ? There are many of you who have heard something in regards to Christ or you have been in the midst of a situation and you don't understand how Jesus could be seen in this thing. Am I the only person that's ever been there? And it says they understood none of these things. Uh, these, this saying was hidden from, hidden from them and they did not grasp what was said. So here it's clear that they didn't understand the plan. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. This is why they were God. They went back fishing at the crucifixion because they did not think of anything past it. There are many of you, watch this, your perception of Jesus and the reason why you miss it is because you, he, how, he been, how he has been represented to you. To some of you, you might be unbelievers, Jesus to you is the curse word that you heard in the movie. When somebody takes his name in vain, come on somebody, when they're upset about something that happened, any witnesses, and that might be who Jesus is to you. So Jesus is no more to you than a cuss word when you're exasperated or when the movie star did it. Come on somebody. To some of us, our representation of Jesus and his plan is based upon uh, the extremist religious group that told you that God wants you to be perfect in order for you to be a part and connected with him. Any witnesses? And so you see extremist groups that don't preach the grace of God, but they talk about they talk about how you gotta toe the line, you gotta have to be perfect. I wonder if there are anybody in this anybody in this place that knows that there's no one who's perfect. And many of us, the Jesus that we believe in is that Jesus that has been misrepresented to us by some legalistic Christianity form of Christianity. For others, for others, you know, Jesus to you, it, you know, God, because many of us parents don't realize that our children, their view of God often is based upon what we show them. And many of us, the reason why you miss Jesus is because of he's been misrepresented to you or presented to you in a false way by the abusive parent that you may have had. Can I keep it real this morning? And there are many of you, there are many of you, 
uh, that are in a position where where you where you are where you are facing challenging times, and you're saying, "Man, I don't know how God could be in this thing," and I, and you miss Jesus, and you miss His plan, and you see something you don't see anything beyond it because of how Jesus was presented, and God sent me with this message to Scarborough for every single one of you that showed up in this place. I don't know about you, but I've been in that place every now and again. You and I need a reintroduction to the Savior. I don't know how he was presented to you. I don't know what they said about him. Come on. But unless what they said about him makes you love him more. Unless what they said about him makes you look at him and say, man, blessed is the name of the Lord. Unless what was said about him makes you feel and understand that he is a lovely God. That he's a God that is willing to love you so much beyond your fault. I wonder if I have a witness that he's willing to die for your sins. And he died for me. Not only, not when I had it all together. But he died for me before I even took a breath. Come on. Because he loves you beyond your faults. I showed up to tell you that every now and again, even if you've been a Christian for a long time, some of us, are st- our, our Christianity gets stale and we fall into a place of feeling guilty and away from Christ based on the things that we see. And we need a reintroduction of Jesus. Amen. I remember, man, there's just so many people. There's a young dude I saw on YouTube that was just going in, fam, against Christianity became a Muslim and he said he was a youth pastor and you know and in Christianity and my heart was breaking because I'm like all of the arguments the straw man things that you're stating you are completely misunderstanding scripture the reason why things for example like Jesus the Bible talking about Jesus being tired and people say how could he be God if he's getting tired and you don't understand that he was fully God and fully man the hypostatic union. Come on. He had to be human enough to die for our sins, but God enough to forgive our sins. And so there's when we try to put God in our box and say God can only be God or only be, you see what I'm saying? That's when we start misunderstanding the plan. But many of us, because of it's been it's been presented to us in a jaded fashion, we have a misunderstanding of who Jesus is and his plan. And we fall away or we go away. And you might be that person today. And I'm believing that Jesus wants to reintroduce himself to you. Can I give you number two? Somebody say number two. So not only do we miss Jesus sometimes because of our misperception of him and his plan. But number two, I'll say sometimes we miss Jesus because of our fear when facing hard questions. We find in Mark chapter 9 a similar scenario in verse 30. It says, they went on from there and passed through Galilee. Verse 30, and he did not want anyone to know for he was teaching his disciples saying to them, here is another time that he missed it. The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days you will rise. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. They were in the presence of Almighty God, but they were afraid to ask him in a time of difficult questions. Has anybody ever felt, maybe I'm the only person that's ever felt like you're bothering God. How many of you know, in fact, look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, God doesn't wear earplugs, come on, around his children. 
You might get annoyed when your kids come and ask you questions. Come on. You might get irritated. Can I just be real? I do at some point. Come on. When your kids come and talk to you and they ask you things, especially when you think they should know the answers. But I'm so glad that my Bible declares to me in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. The things that you care about, the times when you are in challenging situations, Jesus is not annoyed by your questions. And many of us, the reason why the disciples missed the resurrection and what would happen thereafter is because when they had challenges with what was happen happening, they had questions they were afraid to ask. Where is your fear or your pride blocking you from seeing Jesus? There are many of you who have not yet encountered Christ because of fear. You're scared about what would happen if you actually give your life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. You're scared about what would take place. Or, you know, you may be in a situation where you're wondering and you're saying, why is it that X, Y, or Z happened to a loved one? And you're scared to ask that question. And you would rather just live in a place where you say, you know what, God just couldn't be good because of what happened to me or my loved one or my friend. Instead of casting your cares upon him. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of times there are certain things that you won't get until in, you'll only get in retrospect. There's some things that you'll only get on the flip side. Am I the only one that's ever been there? And we in those moments, while it is that we're walking through those things, when we cast our cares on Christ, this is why Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says, uh, do, don't be anxious or careful for anything. But in everything, somebody say everything. In prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to him. And then verse 7 of Philippians 4 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, come on somebody, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so there's peace. Even if you don't get the answer to why it is that certain things have happened, there's peace. How many of you know that there's peace is priceless? And as long as I'm in the hand of the man that was able to frame the world with his words. Come on. As long as I'm in the hand of the man who has the power over death and it couldn't hold him down. As long, even if I don't have the black and white answer to that which I'm facing, I'm putting my trust in his hand because his hands are capable hands. And sometimes peace is better than the answer. Man, am I the only person? I'm about to do a backflip up here because there's some of y'all, you're looking for the answer when you should be pursuing peace. And I'm here to tell you that some of us, we wouldn't be able to handle the answer until we one day get in the presence of God. And God's saying, you know what? There's something that you want to know, Adam and Eve, the tree of knowledge, good and evil, that I told you not to eat from because you were able to jack you up. Come on, somebody. Man, I feel my right going here, so I'm going to help two people right here. This one is for free because look at what happened when Adam and Eve decided to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil when God told them not to. Because they wanted to know everything. Come on. And look at where it landed us. Sin and death and all of this pain. Come on. There's a place where when you ask God and you question and you get there's nothing wrong with casting your cares on him. But even when you don't get that answer, you need to be to the place where you celebrate peace. He says, cast your cares on me. Don't be careful. You've been spending all this time trying to pick stuff apart when you know you can. How many of you by worrying have ever fixed your situation? Oh, I need to worry some more so this thing can change. 
I need to worry some more, and then the bills are going to get paid. Let me let, let me know a, 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 a debt collector that pays the, that will accept worry as payment. You go to consumers, be like, I'm going to pay you with my anxiety today, and your and your gas is still going to get cut off, or your electric, because that stuff does not pay. But there's peace in knowing that God is with me. Man, is this good or is this good? So number two, sometimes we miss Jesus because of our fear when facing hard questions. I'm actually getting ready. Uh, I'm getting ready to 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 uh, to launch a new series starting next week. You have to come back. Somebody say next week. Shameless plug. We're starting a series called Help Me. And I want to encourage you, trust me, you need to come out, help me. We're going to talk about being transparent and being real. But number three, somebody say number three. Just got a few more moments here. Sometimes we miss Jesus because of our comfortability, I'll say it this way, with the present. In fact, look, Mark chapter 8, verse 31, we find a very interesting experience here. Talking about allowing me to reintroduce myself. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer. Here he is again. And be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. And be killed. And after three days again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside. And began to rebuke him. That's a fancy Bible word to basically say he was, he was like cussing him out. He's like, what are you saying, fam? What do you mean when you're all here talking about you're about to get murked and stuff? Like, we're not standing for that. And this is what he was saying. He's like, I, and look, look, look. So he rebukes him, the Bible says. Look, he rebukes him. And look at what Jesus says. But turning and seeing his disciples uh, in verse 33, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Many times we miss what we miss Jesus because of our comfort with the present, our comfortability. Peter did not like the idea of things changing with Jesus. He loved the idea that he loved the way that things were. He loved walking with Jesus in that moment and experiencing Christ and seeing the miracles and having him walking right next to him. And he was so comfortable with it that when Jesus presented something different that would mess up his comfort zone, come on, that would get him out of his place of comfortability. You know how many dreams die because of the bed of comfortability? You know how many dreams die that are hooked up to the IV of account of comfortability? You know how many dreams and plans that God has that many of us are stuck in because we're so comfortable with the present. We're so comfortable with the way that things always were. And oftentimes God is trying to bring you out of the place of comfort in order to bring you into a place of purpose. Come on. And even if you have to go through some pain to get to the place of purpose, how many of you know that pain is purposeful when it brings me to purpose? Because he's in this place where he wants to stay, where he's comfortable and he doesn't want to move. Uh, he doesn't want Jesus to, to move his loved one, to move to the next level. And I'm here. There are many of you parents. There are many of us husbands and wives. There are many of us friends that are holding people back from walking in their destiny because we just want them next to us. They need to go to college and you don't want, you're trying to hold them back. I don't know who I came to prophesy to today, but you want, you're holding them back. You know that God put that dream in your wife's heart and you won't let her pursue it because 
You just like seeing her at home on the couch come on with you and just hanging and watching Netflix because you just want to see her barefoot and pregnant and washing dishes. Can I be keeping real this morning? And many of us, we hinder and hold back our loved ones from walking in destiny because we're comfortable with the present. And God oftentimes has something greater for us beyond the pain of crucifixion. And I wonder if there are two or three people in this place that are saying, you know what? I'm going to get back out of my comfort zone. It's time. I'm tired of just lying in the bed of comfort and not progressing or going anywhere. I want all that God has for me. Come on. My destiny is tied to the resurrection. My destiny is tied to the getting up from the grave. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8 says, is that same power that will quicken my mortal body and give my flesh the ability to walk in to everything that God has called me to. Who am I preaching to on this morning that's tired of where you are and you are getting ready to push in to what your potential is through Jesus Christ, your Lord. And Jesus is saying, allow me to reintroduce myself. You might have missed the master and his plan because of one of those three reasons. And Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, allow me to reintroduce myself. And I'm here to tell you, you know what I love about this? The fact is that we find, we find that prior to the resurrection, in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, that Jesus, in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, this is where we see that he calls, he calls Peter there at the same place. And they revert in rebellion or out of misunderstanding, they go back to where it was that they were when Jesus found them. And I love the fact that no matter the reason that they went back fishing, that Jesus didn't leave them stranded in their place of misunderstanding. That Jesus went back to that same place. Somebody say the same place. And gave them a reminder a reintroduction, come on, that even though they saw him go into the grave, that that same Jesus that went into the grave, that before the grave rose people from the dead, that that same Jesus that even before he went to the grave fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, that that same Jesus before he was whipped and bruised on their behalf, on a hill called Golgotha, on a mount called Calvary, that that same Jesus came back from the grave and was willing to be with them and walk with them forevermore. And so I don't know why you've missed Jesus or where you're missing Christ in your life today. You might be someone who showed up and you don't know the Lord. And the reason why you've rejected Christ is because of misrepresentation. Because of someone who did you wrong. There's someone today who's going through some difficult stuff. Let him reintroduce himself to you. Don't think that your situation is the end or that, that he has left you. Let him reintroduce himself to you in the middle of your situation. He's not just the God that brings us out. But he's the God that keeps us through it. I don't know who told you that he's only a God that's with you in prosperity. But I'm so glad that he's a God that 
even in the deep times, even in the dark times, that he is with us. Let him reintroduce himself to you. So whether you've reverted in rebellion or rejected Jesus because of a misconception, Jesus is willing to meet you with a reintroduction. Somebody give God praise because Jesus doesn't give us praise.